On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. Effortless win. How cosy with that? Oh, he's best yet. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. When it's over. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Hasn't he bounced back with a bang here? All the things that I used to say. All the words that got in the way. All the things that I used to know have gone out the window. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punter's Postmortem. And uh, it is the 23rd of August. Dave Stanley with you. A massive week ahead on Sky Sports Radio. But for the next hour... We're going to hopefully take plenty of calls and questions from you guys, the punters. Of course, Group 1 Racing returned to Sydney Town on Saturday and there was uh, plenty of action uh, on the track and there was also, uh, it seemed, uh, plenty of action in regards to betting on the races. We'll talk with Glenn Munsey about that. He'll be on the panel along with Ron Duffy and Dean Lester. Now, our talkback line is 13.53.53. So if you've got any questions at all, uh, for our panel, whether it be on the Sydney races, the Melbourne races and other races around the country, give us a call or you can get involved on the text line. Ron Duffersey is uh, on the panel, as we suggested at the start. Duff, good morning to you, mate. Good to have Group 1 Racing back in Sydney on Saturday. Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, an eventful meeting, that's for sure. It's an understatement uh, with a couple of nasty falls and our thoughts mm. are with Brenton, um, who it could have been much worse and... He seems to be in good enough spirits, but he, he's obviously going to be on the sidelines for a little while. Uh, so hopefully a speedy recovery there. But uh, an interesting win stakes where <clears throat> it's hard to pull apart, I, th- I think. it. Uh, um, you could go down the page there and, and make excuses for most. It was a good ride by Tommy Berry on the winner. I thought he was going into the race, he was the probably the horse that may have been the soft link as far as being ready for that race. But he came out on top, so everything looks good for him. And very elegant, was very brave as well. And you could go down the page there and, and to make very good cases for all those horses. So mm. uh wasn't very good on the clock, um, I didn't think. Uh, but we know what they can go up another level, these horses, because it's been proven in the past. We've got Dean Lester on the line as well in our Melbourne studio. Dino, uh, eyes were on the valley on uh, Saturday from a Melbourne perspective. But I'll tell you what, that first race... Gee, that's a nice filly from Anthony and Sam Friedman's. Uh, yeah, morning, Dave. Zuzarella is her name. And, uh, yeah, she is a, a nice filly. Uh, she settled off them and uh, wasn't a bad day to run on at the Valley on Saturday. And uh, she just blended into the race really well and, and won well. Uh, I wouldn't give up on either the second filly, Zapateo. She had race experience. And the third filly, wonderful tonight, who got held up when Zuzarella got around her. So I actually think uh, those three fillies all performed pretty well. Mm. Uh, Glenn Munsey joins us. Glenn, uh, it's obviously a different landscape at the moment with pubs and clubs not being able to be accessed in New South Wales. But we've still got, uh, I see, plenty of bidding activity on the book. Good morning. Yeah, morning Dave, morning Ron, morning Dean. Uh, well, mate, it's a situation if you want to have a bet, you're going to find a way to have one. Uh, and it's uh, the way you do it with TAB at the moment is have a TAB account uh, because uh, the only options that are available to you, none of the retail network open in New South Wales. Uh, if you are listening to us from different states, of course, different states, different situations. But if you are from New South Wales, there is no retail at whatsoever. Uh, in the state at the moment that may change but uh, so your tab account and uh, then you can use the tab app and if you have the ability to be out uh, for your one hour a day especially where I am sounds like um, long bay um, you can uh, watch the races via the tab app and of course you can access uh, tab.com.au via the internet as well 
Let's talk about this Group 1. Uh, Duff, you touched on uh, you know various runs and times, etc. Already some questions here about horses to follow, and it's obviously going to be uh, a bit of a, a minefield because you could follow numerous ones here. One interesting question, though, and I'll start with this one, is obviously Mwanga. He has paid $11, and I'll ask Munns after you've answered if there was any money around for him, but was there some doubt about maybe the three-year-old form uh, going into, you know, the, the big guns uh, in this wing stakes. And has that now shifted your view of that three-year-old form from last season? Or is it just a, that was his race, he got the job done and you want to see him do it again? Um, no, I, I think we've, we've, we've all known that he's a very talented horse. It was just a matter of, you know, considering he hadn't raced since the Queen Elizabeth, which is 126 days back before that run. Um, I, I, and only having, you know, one one little soft trial against no opposition where he's looked to be under the a little bit of pressure with a heavyweight track jockey on, um, he was hard to read. So I, I would have thought that going into the race, OK, this is just a start-off point for him. And he, I think he opened up $8 or something earlier in the week and finished 11 or something, and which is understandable. But he just got the right run, and he travelled uh, better than I thought he would in in the run. Um, sometimes he, he he can be a bit sluggish early in his races, but very strong late. So it was a very encouraging return. You know, Annabelle's come out two or three times leading into that first up run saying, you know, the boy's become a man. And we just need to see, to, uh, see evidence of that. And I think he did show that on Saturday. But And then you look at the race in general and how bunched they were and the time they run and you start second-guessing yourself. I thought very elegant was um, very good. He, McDonald, I think a lot of people were worried he was just going to flop out the back and do her thing and run on and, and uh, not give her a tough run first up as far as putting early pressure on her. Uh, but he didn't. He rode her to win that race and she, she was giving her opportunity even though she had to co- cover, cover ground, which you could do late in the day uh, with no cover. And then the surprising ones. Um, she's ideal, who we all love, and we think she is a metrop type of mare. Uh, but she she was coming to beat them um, with three or four more bounds with uh, this Japanese uh, Ka Nortik, mm. who's a full brother to Fierce Impact. And uh, he he was another surprise in the race. Cascadian was good, close up. Think it over, it just got into that barging duel on straightening. You could make a case with clear running and, and no interference. He might have won. And then your image found, imaging found trouble. Hungry Heart, you know, copped that bump uh, off Think It Over and just took the wind out of her. I, I, I thought hers was as good as any, her run was as good as anything in the race. And, you know, Colding was probably the disappointing runner. Um, and the two stayers went okay without, uh, you know, as expected. They'll get better over further, Master of Wine and, and Mount Popper. So... What do you want to do? What do you want to take out of this race? I don't know. You know, they'll go to the next one, and uh, we'll we'll all have differing opinions. Munns, I'll come to you before I get a comment from Dino. Uh, just in regards to the book and fixed odds. So, was the the genuine push late for very elegant? Oh well, Dave. It was a matter. Of, well, you know, we spoke about it on Friday. What price she'd be? She was a two dollar ninety chance at that stage, mm-hmm. and I said um, she had to start mid threes at best. 
and then, and Ronnie said on Saturday morning, well, he thought it'd start with a four in front of it, and that's when it was still three dollars. Uh, well, it got. To, we didn't get involved in the absolute top end of the the push for very elegant because you've got to realise we've been betting on the race since um, I'd say five months. So there was plenty of money to be had on uh, Very Elegant in, in all that time, and then there was plenty of money for it. Uh, she actually firmed from 340 in the all-in market on Monday. She was 290 uh, by Thursday morning, so there was money for her early. Uh, and then the, when they got involved Saturday, well, it was just a race to get it out, and you knew it was going to be a race to get it out. So that's the massive advantage of getting something out of it early. You don't have to get involved at the absolute top of the market. I think the top of the market got to 460. Uh, I don't think we bet more than uh, $4.20 and basically left her there $4.20 uh, for the majority of betting. She, you, you know, you were still laying her because she was pretty short the totes, uh, which is the easiest comparison to see there. But just looking through the field, I, I wouldn't say there was a, a huge go for anything in particular. Um, you know, the, the, the percentages, when you get the percentage out from where you were Saturday morning to, you know, 25 minutes out from race time well the percentage you, you, you took out of very elegant was basically the rest of the market I'm just looking here like holding held his spot around six seven dollars uh, think it over around the seven seven fifty Cascadian around seven fifty eight uh, imaging was a firm up uh, but then sort of held his mark there around fifteen dollars and you know even the winner it wasn't a savage drift nine fifty out to eleven a hungry heart sort of fifteen into thirteen back to fourteen so you know that that was a fairly static market with the exception of very elegant which got to a point where you thought where it'd get to anyway Dino you're obviously watching from Melbourne um it's great to have Group 1 racing back. Um, Duff gave a pretty good summary there, but is there anything you'd like to add to it? Um, you know, if you were picking a few horses to, to walk away with um, that you really want to target next start, what would they be? Oh, look, I don't know, Dave. I, I thought in, you know, I know it's Group 1 by name, but often, you know, it was a lot of their second trials and I think they'll build off it. And uh, uh, I thought that, uh, you know, Mawanga was terrific and... Very elegant, was in for the fight as she always is. The one that I actually liked her run was Hungry Heart because I thought she got into a spot that you thought, oh, she's not going to find a lot here. But right on the line, she was really good. She picked up really good late. And uh, I thought she ran through the line very nicely. And that was a you know, an encouraging return. But uh, I think uh, truer tests going forward over a bit further and, and we'll learn more. The lines are open too. So if you've got a, a question for our panel... Uh, because we're obviously in lockdown and a lot of people no doubt be listening from home, etc., or possibly in the car, give us a call now. 13 53 53 is the open line number. Give us a ring. And if you've got any questions at all for our panel on uh, on Sydney, or if you've got a question for Dino there for Melbourne, uh, get involved. I uh, heard you talking to the Big Sports Breakfast team, Duff, about Private Eye. Um, the marketplace wanted to take him on, uh, but just Joe Pride again. Uh, reiterating how good this horse is and he takes another little step over a bar, this horse. He's just a beauty. Yeah, I, I thought he took a giant leap, uh, to tell you the truth. I thought it was the win of the day. Another one, we, we all know he, he'd trial better than ever coming into the race, but the facts were he's, he probably had better soft track form. Um, he had his blinkers off. Um, he... 1,200 is a little question mark for him, uh, considering his last win was at a mile. But it's another classic case of these horses with a winter carnival in Brisbane under their belt resuming well at this time of year. 
You've been spreading uh, him for weeks. Yeah, yeah. He, you must he have is, got plenty. No, no I, I didn't. I, I, I would I, say months. He's been spreading yeah, him yeah, since the but, first of May. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But he uh, I definitely wasn't spruiking. Is that on Kurt Saturday. on the line? Who, was, that, was that Munz or Kurt? <laughs> no, when he won at Eagle Farm, Ronnie just said that yeah, was Yeah, I know, but, but in the lead-up to his first up run, he's been, oh, you know, sorry. when we were watching the trials a couple of weeks ago, it was just like, you know, he's taking another step. And, and yeah, well, just that form out of that, 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 that Queensland Guineas win was unbelievable. Uh, considering mm. he chased down that Apache chase and uh, and what he did after that and prior to that he was he was he's just a winner that horse and um, who knows he he could well be an Epsom horse he could well be an, a Golden Eagle horse because he just ticks so many boxes as far as um, the way he savages the line the way he handles all types of conditions his attitude you can throw a set of blinkers on him you can take them off him he's just a complete racehorse he, he he's a beauty. Duff, how um, concerned were you with with the drift? I guess. Um, no, know, I was it, expecting it. I, I, okay. I, I was far from tipping him on Saturday. You know, I think I'm third pick, uh, but I was just thinking he run on into a place. Uh, so, but the, the the arrogance of it and the time that he run and the sectionals that he run, you know, there was other very good runs in that race. Um, Embracer he missed the start, so he lost his. Uh, controlling position, which he loves first up. Ice Pass was amazing. Four deep, no cover, or three and four deep, no cover the whole way on a dry track. So she's come back well. Splintex was the disappointment, but he is probably better second up than he is first up, but he's got, he had weight to carry. And I thought Prime Star, considering um, the section, he, he, you know, I'd suggest he's sectional down the, for that first 200 down the straight was, was as good as anything all day. And, you know, even horses like Fender, um, well, I think that's a pretty good race, that. Mm. Uh, Dino, a comment from you, mate, um, watching from afar? With Private Eye? Uh, yeah, or just the, just the race in general? Uh, look, you know, he's uh, uh, just a, just such a progressive horse. I mean, you know, where do you put a ceiling on these sort of horses? Uh, you know, his figures, again, were good. His closing speed was great. Uh, you know, I think Ice Bath ran well. Uh, and you know it was a it was a good first up run for these horses because they didn't go hard early and it was a real dash home so they could probably all elevate off it and even a horse like Rock who's finished out the back he was still home very quickly so uh, I think it's a good race for them to to step off and really improve uh, out of. Months, uh, was there any money around at all for Private Eye? Like, I mean, were, were punters, you know, I know the guys were taking him on and drifting him out, but were punters still thinking, right, well, $9, I'll have some of that, et cetera, et cetera? Well, the last little bit, Davey, was sort of nine eight fifty nine eight fifty nine. Um, You know, when when I, I made him the lay of the day, because at that stage, uh, when I did that, he was $4.80 favourite for the race. And I, he couldn't, I, I didn't think he or Prime Star could start favourite in the race. Well, um, I said just before the jump, that, that's why the market uh, was so different because your two horses that were hard in the market th- Wednesday and Thursday ran close to double figures Saturday. So th- there seemed to be some significant firms in the race in the, and the biggest one, of course, was Splintex uh, because, um, you know, your, your other two your other two picks got got out so quick in the market. Like Chat was a good firm. Fender uh, was a good firm. At one stage there was $21 into single figures. Um, you know, Embracer held its mark there in the market. So did Hightail. Uh, Ice Bath held a spot there. Uh, but it was just a completely different market than the, the first one that went up. But you could say they got it right by marking the winner favourite 
in the first market they put up, despite exactly. the fact it got on race day, mm. gets to $9. Yeah, I'd love that to know a lot st- too. Yeah, I'd love to know the stats on that uh, because Simone's, as Duff alluded to, it happens a lot where we see these horses that drift and they were actually the ones that, you know, the, the, the boys and girls at George Street at Tab um, believe we, you know, should have been favourite. Um, let's go to Silver Shadow Stakes. Obviously, a lot of drama around Extreme Time and echoing the thoughts what you said before, Duff, about Brenton Avdala. It was good to see that social media from Brenton uh, on Saturday night and the reports filtering through on the uh, Twitter from Brenton and his team and racing New South Wales. So our thoughts are with him. Um, what do we make of this race? Uh, and look, four moves ahead. Everyone wanted to to tip Duff, but she's she's pretty tough. This Swift Witness. She is, but uh, she, um, I was saying she was wound up to win the race given that real a trial like it was a race leading in, which Gay and Adrian can do, and they get so many results doing that. So she may have caught them on the hop, and this was a funny race where they, they, they appeared to slow about that, you know, six 700-metre mark there, and everything just grabbed a bit and charged up each other's backside, and they got shoved wide and pulling and... And it was a it was a messy, messy, messy race, and um, I don't know what to think of it. I'm, I'm I'm a bit flat by it, to tell you the truth. Um, I thought there were some lovely fillies going into it. Um, I don't think they've shaped up to the uh, the first return of the Colts. Obviously not. Um, I thought four moves ahead was okay, but was entitled to go on with it. She got keen also when the speed slowed, but at least she had a clear running, and like the winner did. So I thought I'd have to mark her a little disappointing. Uh, Latino blend was a hundreds in and run well. Um, Jamea, we saw that. Uh, she was coming with momentum along the inside there and hit the speed hump. And I thought if there's a horse to follow out of the race, it, it could well be Mallory. Uh, she's really matured. She's put on weight. She's in good shape. They tried to ride a quiet there on Saturday and I don't know whether that was the right tactics, but maybe they're thinking the longer race later on with her. So... I don't know. Probably other race, maybe Mallory. I'd like to take out of it, but I'm 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 a little bit flat on the race in general. Considering they did slow up, they've still come home only in thirty-five nineteen. The benchmark seventy-eight went faster, and I, I, I like I said, it's a messy race. And I and we've had a couple of them on Saturday that I, I'm I'm nor here nor there moving forward uh, with confidence. Just on that, um, Duff, as a, as a rider yourself, your analysis of why they slow, because we've already had some texts here sort of saying, well, can you ask Duff why uh, some of these races are slowing up? Is it just because no one wants to pull the ripcord and have a crack? Like, what, what's what's sort of going through the minds of, t- of... Or are they all just looking and playing cat and mouse and going, well, who's going to who's who's go forward here? Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, they're fillies that are first up. They're probably under instructions how to ride them. Um, and when, I think the damage was done when Van Overmeyer slowed up on glistening, she half bowed the head and nothing wanted to make a move at that, you know, that middle stage of the race there. Probably un, in certain circumstances, understandably so. So when she slowed up, that's when the chain reaction happened mm. and they all grabbed the bit and were in a bunch. And, um, you know, some on heels, some not on heels and, and, um, yeah, it was a, just a strange, strange, strange race. If you look at the sectionals, the horse that was going the quickest in the race was Trifascia, and it was running last mm. because it was trying to stay, get back in touch with those that are in front of it. From from the 1,000 to the 800, it was the fastest, 10.35. From the 800 to the 600, 11.10, the fastest. And from the 600 to the 400, went 11.54, and the fastest was 11.48. 
Duff, there's another question here, and just a comment. Uh, one part of it, no name to it, just saying he's never seen he's never seen uh, our races run so close. Mm. Uh, our horses being so tight um, with each other, and it's obviously very competitive. But um, do you want to make a comment on that? I mean, have you? Yeah. Have you I mean, we, we talk about this race here where they're slowing up. I mean, we're not used to seeing this sort of stuff, are we? No, we're not. Um, we we do it occasionally, but maybe it was these jockeys all get in and and look at replays after each race. And the facts are that the first two races, ten bell ten bells railed right up and won. And Torrens railed right up at big odds and won. Tampering railed up and won. And they're all probably saying, "Oh, we've got to ride the fence here. It looks like it's all right," and um, which it was. Uh, until later in the day where it was just across the track and maybe even better out a little bit wider. So, And then we saw two horses from Barrier 1 that were desperately unlucky. Um, you know, later in, well, in, during the day, Magella was one, Fast Coney was another. Uh, they both drew Barrier 1 riding the fence and no one wanted to move out of their road. So uh, the fence uh, was perceivedly the place and that, and that causes trouble. When we've got a, if we've got a perceived on, uh, inside bias, that causes trouble because everyone wants to be there. All the smart jockeys want to be there, and uh, they ride for luck, and no one moves. And it's as simple as that. And, and but I'm not saying it was the rail because as it turned out, mm. uh, the track was very fair, if not better, down the outside later in the day. Sean's on the line. Good morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How are we? Very good, mate. What's your question to the panel? Mate, question for Dino, are you, buddy? Mate, yeah, I'm good. I'm, yeah, mate. I'm back. I had a good win on the weekend on, on floating artists. Now, I'm addicted to these these uh, Ma Eustace stayers. They're just doing wonderful things for my bank balance, so I can't complain. Yeah. Well, where's the go-to, you reckon? I backed in the cup. I have to do a bit each way, 200 bucks, so who knows? But, yeah, I'm not sure what goes to now. I wouldn't quite know, but I, I think it might be probably 12 months too soon for it because yep. it was only a 78 grade on Saturday. But, okay, uh, yep. Wouldn't be so, look. I mean, it's not beyond the realms that it runs over two thousand next start, and knowing the way they move them around, it might even get into a metropolitan with a lightweight. I don't know, but uh, yeah, they're, they're certainly preparing these horses beautifully, and he made uh, enormous improvement. He went very well at Caulfield, but uh, he went a lot better again Saturday. And did you, did you see Tavis Hunt run yesterday at Sunshine Coast pretty easily too? Tavis Hand? Yeah, ran yesterday at Sunshine Coast and bowled in. Yeah, uh, Chris Lee's now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. no, I mean, he's always been a smart horse, so uh, you'd think yeah. he'd be able to win a race like that. And, uh, yeah, he, he should have a good career in Queensland. Just, I'm talking through my pocket here, uh, Dino, but think and fly. If it doesn't miss the kick, does it win? Because it was enormous. Uh, Ollie, Ollie sort of worked around and then got rolling early, tried to get them sort of... Caught, caught them napping. What was your assessment? Oh, of I think fly? that's the style of the horse, Dave. I think that's. I think yeah. that's why he's been being beaten of late. Is that he's been stuck in behind them and asked to sit and sprint, and it hasn't really worked for him. But on Saturday he was able to. Yeah, I, I can see your point about him. You know, being a bit slow to begin. But I thought he, I thought he got around them. Well, you know, given the tempo of the race, pretty economically, really. Okay. And yeah, he went for home. Yeah, I just think the last little bit of the mile was 61 and a half. And the winner might be good, and the second horse is ready to win too, cool. So he's got run down by two pretty handy horses, but I was on Think and Fly as well, and I, I thought uh, I was when he went for home, I was wrapped because I thought that's what's been getting the horse you beat of late. Yeah, okay. Okay, beautiful. Uh, our next uh, caller, Brian. Morning, Brian. Yeah, hello, mate. How are you going? 
Well, mate, uh, what's your question? I wanted to ask Dean a question on a horse called Sarah Des, trained by Mark Kavanagh, of what, on his whereabouts or whether he's heard it's going to start. Or... Um, I don't know where Sarah Des is. Uh, I'm just looking to see if it's trialled recently. Um but uh, it's a it's a very very smart filly, um, and I'd imagine that uh, she'd be getting aimed at some of the better races. She, I don't know, Mums is she in the thousand guineas market? Uh, she, that was one. I think she was a few weeks ago. I, I haven't looked since the noms were taken. But right, let me just have a look. How uh, do we uh, how do we spell it? S e r a d e s. Sarah Des. Yeah, she trialled on the 9th of August, so she's I would say... She's a $15 chance yeah, in the year. Yeah, I would say that yeah. she'll kick off, uh, well, knowing that Mark Cavanagh trained the Atlantic Jewel, uh, trained Atlantic Jewel, I think she'll run in the Atlantic Jewel on the 4th of September. I think she'll trial again this Friday, and then she'll probably run in the Atlantic Jewel. Okay, well, beautiful. Thank you very much for that. Um, just for all our punning while well, we're in lockdown, uh, Dan, so this is one to, one to follow? Sarah Des? That, Yes, uh, she's going to be. That's going to be one of the really good races of the spring because we see the current thousand guineas favourite kick off there, Argentia, and she's tried well. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if Zuzarella would go up against her stable mate and go there, or she might go to a fourteen hundred at Flemington. So yeah, it, I, I think the Atlantic Jewel will really sort out the fillies uh, down here. And to be fair, I think it'll be the fresh blood that comes along because, as Duff mentioned, with the fillies up there. I don't think the Philly, the actual two-year-old Phillies were anywhere near the Colts as two-year-olds, and I don't think that group have improved a lot. So the ones that weren't in the feature races, like the Argentias and uh, these horses that we're speaking of, they might be the ones that come along and, and dominate in the spring. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that, Brian. Yeah, we've got some funny listeners. <laughs> One text saying, this isn't Brian Haskins, is it? <laughs> Trying to get Huey on a horse. Uh, let's get to our next caller, Dave. Dave, uh, good morning. Yeah, good. How are you, guys? I just thought Very I'd good, uh, bring up and give Jay Ford a rap. Um, he was a replacement jockey on uh, Private Eye, and uh, me and my mate, we, we had something on Private Eye, and my mate was a bit worried. He said, oh, Brenton's not riding. What, what do you think? And I said, mate, he'll do the job. Jay, he's a real good lightweight jockey, and he's probably underrated, would, would you say? Oh, he's like, a tr- terrific jockey, and he's proven and he's lightweight. He's um, had that great association with Takeover Target. He's been a, overseas with him. He's um, got a great attitude, and he, he may have inherited himself a, an Epsom winner there on Saturday. So may, he may have filled in, but he's, he's got to be a horse that will get no weight in an Epsom. So now he's, I'd say he'd be the go-to man for that ride. Yeah, well, we had a, we had a good day. I had a good day. I got the Sydney Quaddy for uh, 90%. And uh, when we come into the last leg, I said to me, mate, I'm not, not real concerned because I picked up on something. Karen McAvoy, his strike rate for Chris Waller on lightly weighted horses, especially those with a bit of, bit of staying ability, it would, it would be very, very high. So uh, I noticed he rode one at Kembla Grange there. It was a stayer that broke the track record there uh, for Waller. And then... Uh, He's come out and rode the last winner in Sydney, Karen. So I know that uh, James McDonald gets just the pick of the rides, but when I see McAvoy riding light for Waller, uh, my ears prick up. Uh, question yeah. for Dean. Uh, the horse in the last in Melbourne, Dino, uh, heavily backed because I'd got the quaddy I, I had a little bit on. and it, The Graves. The Graves. And I thought to myself, I don't know whether I should sack this yet. Uh, what do you think? 
I think by the last, the track was a firm two, and I think he just jarred up because he was the winner coming to the turn, and uh, he just shortened up noticeably in his action. So uh, I I would think uh, we won't see him run on a firm track again. Uh, his best form in Europe had been on soft ground. He, he had one good run on a firm track, but I don't think it would have been as firm as Saturday, and Saturday firmed up because... I think they were predicting 15 and no wins, and it was 20 and it blew a gale, and uh, it dried right out. Not beautiful. Thanks for your call. We've got uh, John on the line now. Morning, John. Good morning, uh, Dale. Yes, John. Uh, I didn't get the sportsman Saturday, so I need to know a bit about that Japanese horse, Kiai Nautique. Uh, a, is it owned in Japanese interest? Two, um, what's its form in Japan? Has it got Group 1 form over there? And three... Do you know what they're setting it for? Well, I'd say everything's on the table now, and yes, he is owned in Japanese interest. Um, uh, I think Mr. K. Kamida. Um, so I'd say he's owned over there. He, I'd suggest Matt may have come across him because he trained the, the brother. Yeah. Uh, fierce impact. So the, this owner might have said, "Oh, he's doing a good job. I think this horse is a uh, this horse is a year younger than him. He's a seven year old, and uh, Fierce Impact's an eight year old." So. Similar sort of setup, but he had look. He, he raced in, in Group One races overseas. He he ran fifth in the Shooter Kinnan, and he I think he, he ran, went around the Mile Championship. And you know he, he's he's had twenty four starts. He's only won three races, but he's won two point five million Australian. So there's there, there might we know how good this Japanese form is, especially on dry tracks. He'd had uh, so, 17 runs in Japan since his last win back in May of 2018. Yes, yeah, so he's obviously had talent. Group, major Group 1 races there, he was starting massive odds, like 170 to 1 yeah. in a couple of races. Yeah, so it, it wasn't as if he was a, f- a favoured runner in the major races over there. No, no, exactly. Yeah. No. They're serious, serious, serious races, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Mm. That's, that's a bit scary then if he's run fourth in that Wade Braves race. Uh, he's beat some pretty good horses and he's not fancied over there in, when he ran in Japan. It'll be scary if he comes out and wins a George Main or something, I know that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We've, we've seen that before because Fierce yeah. Impact wasn't a superstar no. in no. Japan and obviously look what he came in to, um, you know, and to do here. It'd be very interesting to see what Matt does, Duff, in, in regards to, you know, he, he had that... Um, of opportunities with Fierce Impact to go south and chase those miles at Flemington, and he won a. Um, did he win a Turak? Fierce Impact. Or am I thinking of a different horse? He won a Turak, a Cantala, yeah, a Turak. and a uh, Maccabi yeah. Diva. Three Group yeah. One miles. Yeah, I'd say he runs in the George May next, and they'll, they'll they'll assess him after that if he can do a similar sort of thing. Well, they are cooking. They are cooking. Oh, what? What prices are is he uh, Munns just in say George Main and maybe a Bunkaibi Diva? Uh, he's a fifteen dollar chance in the George Main, uh, which puts him, whoops, there same price as Hungry Heart, but we're about in the actual market there. For some reason I scrolled right through. Him. Very elegant three dollars. Zaki three fifty. Mawunga six. Cascadian think it over nine. Colette eleven. Hungry Heart, uh, K.O. Nautique, Colding, Probabile, or 15, but she's going directly to Melbourne, I think, Probabile. Uh, uh, she is. Yeah, yeah, she is. I spoke with uh, Jamie last week, and he said, no, straight to Melbourne. So um, we won't see her in Sydney, Probabile. Okay. Uh, we might take a break. For the Maccabi Diva, Dave, I'll give that to you yep. when we come back. We might, yeah, we might take a break on Sky Sports Radio. When we return, your, more of your calls, 1353 53, the open line number. 
Mitch Beer on starting out. I actually left school to play golf. I started my first year golf apprenticeship when I was 16 and much to the old man's disappointment, he picked me up from the pro shop one day and I said, oh, I don't know about this. I think I want to get a job at the stables and I don't think he spoke when we got home. He was heartbroken, but incredibly enough, Dad teamed me up with a job at Lloyd Williams Stable then at Flemington. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. As the official sponsor of punters clubs and pubs and clubs everywhere, the guys at Sticky are now aiming up to support punters for the Kosciuszko. But this time, it's not only their succulent wings on offer, but their new Sticky Pork Ribs too. Just buy tickets in the Kosciuszko at participating venues to receive your free Sticky Wings or Ribs. Go to stickywings.com.au to find your nearest participating venue and get Sticky for the Kosciuszko. That's stickywings.com.au. Dali Stallions, they win. September run driven out and the filly is going to do it again down the straight. They sell. At 2.1 million, he goes done. They get you to the big days. She has to dig deep the filly and Montefilia claims the two group ones in a week. Dali Stallions, they win, they sell, they get you to the big days. If you only breed one, breed with Dali in 2021. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, it is uh, Punter's Postmortem. And give us a call on 1350 353 if you've got uh, any questions at all for Duff, uh, for Dino or for Munns. Now's your time, 1350 Fellas, I just spoke with Matt Smith in that commercial break. Uh, he's going to make a decision at the end of the week. Uh, read this uh, horse that finished fourth, of course, in the Wink Stakes. Uh, and it will either be, as uh, we alluded to, the George Main or the Maccabi Diva. So he's going to make a decision later this week um, which way he'll go. So, and, uh, Sorry, Dave. No, you're all uh, right, mate. Just, go away. Just, just got an update. Uh, Sarah Des for that uh, caller is trialling again on Friday, but will run in the Captain Teebs on uh, Maccabi Diva Stakes Day. So that's September 11. And... Uh, Thanks to Bruce McAvaney for ringing me and telling me. That's sensational. Uh, welcome aboard. It's good to. Have, is Bruce listening? That's fair. That's great. He is. Lovely to. He, lovely that he's listening. Now, um, not in the ownership group, is he? <laughs> he's got question. a couple of horses there. Yeah, he has. Yeah. There's a question here about Starcaster uh, Dino, uh, which was in the seventh at Mooney Valley on Saturday. Um, a few questions about Matt Cartwright. Um, what did you make of the run? Because he has gone enormous to the eye, Starcaster, considering the speed that was put on that race. Of course. Uh, but he's a horse that uh, is basically out of control other than for Jamie Carr for whatever reason, and we know what reason. She's very good at it. Uh, he's made some really good jockeys look ordinary over the past 12 to 18 months. And on Saturday, uh, they that made a... You know, planned that he'd roll along in front and he rolled along he rolled along at cox plate speed that race was the fourth fastest ever over 2040 on the strathair uh the other three were all winks three of winks's cox plates so uh chris waller's now got the four fastest horses over 2040 at the valley and strangely pancho's one of them um but uh he ran really well but yeah i i 
he was chosen as the rider because he trialled him and he actually settled well for him. But race day is a different thing and he, he really ran along. But that's going to happen a lot with Starcaster. Um, and that's, that's what, uh, you know, you probably expected that was going to happen. But no, he ran, look, he ran really well, but he does just doesn't help himself. And uh, when Sam Friedman was posed about uh, why Jamie Carr didn't ride it, he said it's easier to try and get the Pope to ride one of our horses at the moment. <laughs> the, the toy show, uh, Duff, will jump back up to Sydney. Lots of texts here about great news. It was a big run. We speak of runs of the day. Where did you rank great news? Right up there. She was, um, she'd, we all knew she'd trialled brilliantly and she'd been well placed and she'd had her issues in the past but a very talented mare but she resumed at the top there on Saturday and I, man, she was probably unlucky. He wide no cover the whole way and real killer instinct about her. She wouldn't have a nip at the winner going past the winner, winning post there because she, she got headed. So uh, I thought it was a terrific run. Um, for Tuse, we know how how brilliant she can be on dry tracks and she proved that on Saturday. Uh, yeah, but I'd say she's, well, she's one of my three horses to follow out of Saturday. It's, uh, I, uh, I, I did really like the run, and it was. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know where she fit in coming into the race. Uh, I know, like I said, she she showed really good ability, and she'd never missed a place in a whole life from ten starts. So, but that was uh, a new level there on Saturday, and we know she can, you know, she can react in a little bit further as well. So, considering circumstances, her run uh, was enormous, and that other mare in that race is very frustrating. Written Beauty. Um, she's loaded with talent and she just sat down at the start there and wanted to do her thing over racing and she still savaged the line and don't know where they go with her so, but um, I, I thought she could run well and if they took her back to Mooney Valley I know they're talking about the Moya it's not an easy race to win the Moya but with Ballistic Lover there on Saturday but Written Beauty would be another one that would be really good around that that distance around the valley Munns just from a betting perspective um, you know that there was obviously support for great news around um, at big odds earlier in the week. Uh, what about the winner? Was the winner backed? Uh, for two, Dave, she basically held her mark there the whole way, just on the, you know, the double-figure line or close to it all the way through. And we had John Thompson on Saturday morning on Racing HQ, and, you know, he was concerned about where she was drawn. You know, you're going to need luck when you draw the outside, you know, 16 of 16. But he said he was very, very happy with the fact she was getting back on top of the ground where she'd won five of her seven runs previously and she had won three times first up. So uh, it wasn't a complete shock to uh, see her uh, win that race there when, you know, particularly later in the day when they were coming a little bit wider. Now, um, back down to Dino here because uh, Halal, another one that uh, plenty of punters want to talk about. And the open line is open too. If you've got a question for our panel, 135353, get involved with punters post-mortem this morning. What did you make of Halal? Um, and a comment on the, the winner and other horses in the race too, Dino. Yeah, well, it, the race got broken open pretty early, Dave, with the... Uh with Jigsaw Blinker's first time really running along, uh, he he uh, took off, especially mid-race. But, uh, you know, he battled on and ran second. Uh, he's exceptional, had the perfect run behind the two leaders and got the money. Athelric, had, uh, he got a good card into the race, also ran well. Daily Bugle cut the corner and ran well. And then you've got Halal, who virtually followed Athelric around the corner, but... I thought he was a bit underwhelming late. I thought off that speed, even though it was a good speed, maybe it was too strong a speed. He just 
but I, I thought he'd hit the line a little bit better. Now his grand final's still six or seven weeks away if it's the Corfield Guineas, uh, but I just expected he'd be hitting the line just that little bit better, and you know, I thought he'd hit the line well enough to win the race. So obviously I was disappointed that he didn't win. What do we make of uh, the the horse that ran um, last, um, Bell Devium? Uh, Bell Devian came off a very good trial and then won at Bendigo and I think just built into his work and ran a very sharp late section to win at Bendigo. I just think the whirlwind of the valley with the speed on, I just think he got lost mid-race. He actually did a good bit of work into the race, peaked on his run. I'll be just drawing a line through that because the valley is such a different beast to, say, going to Bendigo and winning a maiden. He'll be better for that experience, but I'd like to see him on a bigger track, maybe a more relaxed tempo at 1,400 and see where he fits in. But uh, Saturday was a bit of a non-event for him. Now, um, back up to Sydney here, uh, Duff, and we've got some questions in relation to earlier in the program. Uh, tampering in that uh, midway. Obviously, that was a very emotional win for Kerry Parker, considering um, what had transpired the week before for his stable and um, everyone involved with that horse. Yeah, it was. It was a good result. <clears throat> he was well well backed. He was. Um, they got that market right late. He thought he won a Kimbler, and he backed it up with a good, tough display. I, I thought he went out hard enough, and... I thought he was a sitting shot on straightening. I thought Foxborough was a certainty when Shiggy loomed up to him, but he showed good courage holding her off. And Canyoneros put a couple of runs together now. I thought Magella was unlucky. Uh, she had plenty to offer when she was in the box seat there and never saw daylight at any stage. And if there was a disappointment in the race, it was Arctic Thunder. who will probably, probably go for a spell now. But uh, good, tough performances, uh, doing it both ends. And he's obviously come back well. He's, he's made it two out of two now, this this preparation. Just touching on this group of listed trial this morning at Hawkesbury. Uh, those three horses went across the line together, Wild Ruler, Adelong and Trekking. And they all had something to offer. And Dewey started off there with a uh, going through the motions in that first trial as well. All right, um, we might take another break here on Sky Sports Radio. Uh, open lines are open, 13 53. The Contenders. Bivouac running on, so standout starting to lengthen now. It's Splintex under siege from Eduardo. Bivouac and standout. Dirty work, the insider surging home. Wide out, Classique Legend is powering home. Classique Legend, great performance. Eduardo at the 300 metres, a length clear. Nature's Drift's been in his slipstream, giving chase two off to Aubrey on her. Classique Legend, four off. The grey flash is starting to cut loose. Here he comes. Classique Legend. Storms to the front and kicked away. The grey flash is now an Everest legend. The Tab Everest, Saturday, October 16. Keringle Stud introduces the exciting stallion prospect Sandbar to stand his first season. Sandbar is a three-quarter brother to Golden Slipper winner Farnan and proved himself on the racetrack as a stakes winner at both two and three. The $650,000 yelling purchase is by champion sire Schnitzel, whose sons are making their mark at stud. Sandbar will stand at an introductory fee of $8,800 with exclusive lifetime nominations available. For details, contact Angus Lamont on 0429 842 875. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, we've got some calls coming through, I can see, on 13.53.53. We've got plenty of texts as well on the text line, so keep them coming in. Dino, a few more for you here based on Melbourne and what we saw at uh, the Valley. We touched on it to start the program, this first race, and... 
Um, this filly of uh, Sam and Anthony Friedman's, uh, the Zoo Star, which was the winner, uh, it has firmed up in thousand guineas markets. Um, do you think she's up to that sort of level? Uh, she's got a very good demeanour about her, and obviously she'd have to make pretty giant steps quickly. But I think that's why she was there Saturday uh, to get straight into uh, you know to having enough prize money to get into a thousand guineas. Uh, the race they went an even speed early. They really backed off down the side and. Brett Preble was absolutely at his best here. He got three wide on the back of uh, Woodard, and in doing that, he put wonderful not tonight, the other first starter, back in a pocket, and it won him the race uh, because she couldn't build momentum, and Zapateo, the other really good chance, was just in, be- in behind the horses that had dropped the speed, so Damien Oliver had nowhere to go. When the run came, she quickened, but Zuzarella had the momentum. So I really like the first three fillies, and I even like a filly there called Caliper, who... Missed the start, was out the back. She made grand mid-race, and I thought, oh, well, she'll just peter out. She actually kept going. She ran the sixth best last 200 of the meeting. It was a very good run. I just hope she drops back to a maiden, gets that out of the way and builds, but uh, she's got a future too. So I think it's a handy fillies race, but again, they ran about three or four lengths slower than the the, the Colts, so it's in keeping with how they were as two-year-olds. All right. Um, Interesting too. It's amazing this time of year with, with jockeys and bookings because... From what I gather, uh, Dino, Brett Preble, I mean, Ben Mellum was hoping to ride Zuzarella, but had already made the prior commitment to Archie to ride Star Spirit. And I think they were then thinking about going to sale on Sunday with Zuzarella, and Ben was looking to ride there, but Preble gets his chance. And, um, you know, they're very loyal to Lindsay, so he may find himself following her on. Uh, it's a good pickup for him. Yeah, well, uh, Brett trialed her at uh, Cranbourne yep. about 12 days beforehand, and. Uh, you could just see that she just jogged up the straight and he, he just had so much to offer. And that was behind Invincible Caviar, of course, who then won yesterday. So, gee, that would have been some uh, three-year-old maiden if Zuzarella <laughs> had gone to sale. Um, but, uh, yeah, as it was, uh, Invincible Caviar got the maiden out of the way as well yesterday. And there's a text here on the text line about Invincible Caviar. And Dave from Coogee says, uh, can you ask Dino, are they going to go to the same race with Invincible Caviar that you were mentioning about before with the Cerades? They are, yep, the Captain yeah, okay. Teebs uh, on the 11th. Uh, uh, she she did a good job yesterday and she's had that experience down the straight and uh, she, I still think, looking at her um, pre-race, she looks as though she's still carrying a bit of condition. So I think there's room for improvement for her and uh, she's a, she's certainly the strongest and the best type that Black Caviar has thrown and uh, and she's certainly uh, you know, the one with the most future. We've got Bruce on the line. Morning, Bruce. Bruce, good morning to you. Oh, no, Bruce is not there at the moment. Um, we'll get back to a... Oh, no, he is now. Good morning, Bruce. Uh, good, good morning. Uh, my question's for, for Glenn. Yes, mate. Yes, Bruce. How are you going, Ben? Uh, look, I'm I just I'm querying the number of, of emergencies in races. That, that we're, like, we're in the unit of a pandemic. Um, everybody's trying to get as much turnover and income as they can. And I looked at the fields yesterday... And between them all, they um, there were 73 emergencies, 73 horses that could not get a start if, if there were no scratchings. And here you've got owners paying between $100 and $150 a day. I mean, to have their horses trained. Um, you've got owners that want, you know, prize money. And um, and then you've got the, uh, the jockeys as well. I mean, if they declare a jockey for an emergency, I understand they still got to pay the riding fee. Yeah, well, the emergencies are determined by the rail position. 
and yeah, therefore I'd... how many horses are allowed to uh, yeah, start yeah. in those races. And well, you don't know when you when you put you know a, a race on anywhere, you don't know um, how many horses are going to a nominate, b accept, and then c uh, want a race after scratching time. On Saturday, so you have your, your your field your your field is limited to a certain size. For example, this Saturday at Kembla Grange, uh, the feature race, uh, the San Domenico, will be limited to thir- uh, twelve starters because Kembla Grange does not normally have eleven hundred meter races. The eleven hundred meter race this Saturday at Kembla will be started in the twelve hundred meter shoot, which you only have a very very quick run until you hit a bend which is about the 800, uh, eight 900 metres, and you're on a bend until you turn for home. So Mark Van Gestel consulted with the jockeys last week when they found out the meeting was going to be transferred to Kembla and asked them what they thought was probably the ideal field size, and they said 12. The stewards uh, put their points forward, so you'll only have 12 runners in the feature race this Saturday at Kembla because they want to stick with the 1,100 metres, which it would have been had it been at Rose Hill. It's always been the 1,100 metre race. Uh, so th- there are different circumstances that determine how many horses you can actually have in a race. Yeah, but, but I, what I'm saying is why are the track managers putting the rail out at all when everybody is dying to have income? And, and you know, it's one of the few industries that's, that's still going ahead 100%. I mean, you've got the Sunshine Coast yesterday, they had the rail at three metres, Sale had it at eight, eight metres. Um, what's it? Um, Tamworth, they had it at five metres, and uh, now, uh, now uh, two metres, oh, and then four. Right? Yeah, but the, so the, track, but the track managers have a 12 month plan how they deem to keep the track in its best condition. And I know we're in the middle, well, the, with the towards the end of winter, but I'm, I'm sure the track managers would be very, very happy knowing the fact we're coming to coming into spring and the tracks are actually very, very firm at the moment. They, you know, in an ideal world, they might want to have the, the rail in the true position, but their normal pattern of protecting the track for the 12 months of the year is to move the rail round in different positions so you're not having all of your meetings conducted in the one spot. And the fact that they probably anticipated we could have rain-affected tracks at this time of year. Well, well, that that always affects the the, the pattern. But Bart Cummings, when asked about race tracks, always said race on grass and leave the rail where it is. Now you've got hundreds of track managers doing the exact opposite. I mean, and and they usually get it wrong anyway. I mean, trying trying to uh, create fast lanes next to the fence uh, creates a lot of interference because all the jockeys are trying to get into the... put their horses in the best part of the track. Well, on very firm tracks, no matter where the rail is, hard up against the rail is going to be the best spot to be because it's harder to make ground on very, very hard tracks. Bruce, thank you for your call. Just a bit of um, interest too, because we speak a lot about... uh, Well, there was a lot of chat I saw on social media when that meeting was going to be moved to Kembla Grange again for this weekend. We saw some trainers... Uh, popping up, uh, I saw on a tweet from Chris Roots that, uh, you know, what about this? is the track going to be as firm as it was? Well, today in Wollongong, rain developing in a possible storm, as the same forecast for Sydney, but tomorrow, showers and possible heavy falls, and the Bureau suggesting between 60 to 100 millimetres of rain in the Wollongong area. So... Uh, traditionally, you chime in here, Munns, because I know your family's very close with Kembla, but if 100 mils is to fall in Kembla on a Tuesday, it seems like drying weather for the remainder of the week, but it is a track that we've seen retain moisture. 
Yeah, and, and, and can rain for practice at Kembla. Well, they're tipping, uh, I think, 50 to 60 mils in Sydney. Uh, yeah. So the, the Kenzo, well, lucky we're racing on the Kenzo track on Wednesday because it can cope with uh, massive amounts of rain there. But, you know, uh, I'm sure Dave Anderson probably has, they have long-range forecasts there. Oh, for and sure. And this, this rain band has been anticipated for a week. So uh, he'd be probably welcoming a fair amount of rain. And it just depends on the period of time. Like you say, 100 mils of rain on Tuesday. Well, if you get that 100 mils of rain, Dave, in, in four or five hours, that, they'd be happy because the majority of that is going to bounce and run away very, very quickly. 100 mils over three days is a lot worse than 100 mils over four or five hours. Correct. Uh, and next caller on the line, Bordo. I think we've got a couple of calls there. We've got Michael. Good morning, Michael. Morning, boys. I'd like to thank Ronnie, right? He's got an eagle eye for these New Zealanders coming over. That horse in the last, he swung with Lizzie wasn't keen. Like I call it a chew. It's like a sneeze name. It's a really nice <laughs> horse, you know. And thank you, Ronnie. I had a couple of hundred on it. You swayed me that way. And I know you always watch these horses. You're always wary of them. And they were saying, oh, it hadn't beat much over there. But anything that comes over here from New Zealand is pretty good, you know. No, well, she put the writing on the wall in the trials, didn't she? So, no, I'm glad you you, you, you got a quid there. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks over the years, Ron. You picked me to one of other ones, too. I no. know you're always looking at them. Any, any sling? More than any sling at all? From your house? <laughs> <laughs> can, can you travel more than five k's from your house? Because Ronnie might meet you halfway for the sling. <laughs> yeah, I'm out in Young. I'm a long way. Oh, jeez. Oh, right. yeah. He's willing to travel. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, now, cherries. Um, I was watching York on Saturday night, and it fired up on the York Twitter about what? how okay. how um, yeah, how uh, how Kurt would be feeling after some of the runs on the weekend. Good morning, Kurt. G'day, Dave. How are you, mate? Golden Pow. It was truckloaded. What uh, what was what happened? Was it the track? What's the story? Oh, I got no idea. But you, can you bra- I can't blame Frankie. Uh, that's how he. That's how he runs. He flies the lid, so there was nothing wrong with you know. He didn't fizz or anything. So uh, I want to try get a track report, but that's not him. That's for sure. But that's not going to do him the magnet. No one's going to offer the magnus and a slot for the Everest with that um, that um, piece of work there anyway. But the thing that won, Dave. I mean, mm. so what do you make out of the race with that thing that won there? You know. I'm penning that race. I know it sounds like a, a cop-out, but if something good won it in the race, because there was a few good contenders there, which didn't win, what do you make of it? I don't know, I, I'd be very concerned at Dave's opinion of races run at York late on a Saturday night. <laughs> uh, what are you suggesting, Glenn? Judgment clouded. Come on, what are you yes. suggesting, Glenn? What are you suggesting? Ronnie? <laughs> Maybe some grape interference, Dave. Well, uh, all, I, all, I, all I'll know is, punters, I've seen a few photos from Munzer's uh, bench top, um, and let me tell you, he's, the, the noise from his recycling bin on a Tuesday or Wednesday when the bloke comes around <laughs> to pick it up must be enormous. You're, <laughs> a, you're, you're the king. You're the king, Munz. Go uh, on, no. Kurt. Go on, Go Kurt. On, give, Kurt. It, give it to me, Kurt. Come on, I'm ready for you. <laughs> no, no, I just wanted to say, Ronnie, Jay McNeil gets a ride on Aegon. Ah. Uh, locked in during the week. Yes, yep. 15 yep. to 1, Ron, in the prenoms last week, so he's coming over for the Memsey. Okay, looking forward to that. Um, interesting Ron, to see. You mentioned Aegon a second ago. How good's that um, Brian, uh, pardon me, the Bob Charlie form now? I got six bucks for Ballistic Glover coming out of that race, and you saw for two's prior in the day 
winning the toy show, Ron. So how good's the Adelong form? Yeah, pretty good. And, um, yeah, look, uh, Ballistic Love is a lovely mare, a lovely mare. And um, nice to see her back because she was really good last prep and always promised something. Yeah, and Ron, how good's this? You can't make this stuff up. But um, a couple of weeks ago, I saw a horse named Mokalua. It actually run run on the Kenzo on Monday, uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday, and it ran a nice fourth there. But guess who? Because you know how no, no jockeys can, you know, they've got to watch where they go on that, and mm-hmm. there's track work riders. Guess who? Guess the name of the track work rider that was on Mokalua for Clary before it raced there on Wednesday. You can't make this stuff up, Ron. Brian Wood. Um, was it Kurt, Brian Wood? Kurt Jeff. Stone. Kurt Stone. Wow. <laughs> The stonemason himself. <laughs> that was unbelievable. I had to look twice. But anyway. Yeah. Good on hey, you. Uh, Dino? Yes, Kurt. Avantage. Uh, do, you think she'll, do you think she'll make the priority, the, the Empire Rose, seeing though she won one of those uh, million-dollar bonuses there, the Breeders' Stakes there when she went on that romp last year? Well, you'd think it'd be uh, enticing for her, wouldn't you? Yeah. So she... Yeah. she Okay. Yeah, I th- I think that that'd be a, yeah a massive chance that uh, that she'll go that way. Beautiful. Thanks very much, Kurt, for your calls. Uh, we need some horses to follow, guys. Uh, I'll start with you, Duff. What's your horse to follow, mate? Or horses, I should say. Yeah, nothing tricky. A tissue. Um, great news and hungry heart. Beautiful. Uh, we move forward to, to uh, Dino. Your horses to follow. Yeah, a horse in the uh, first I mentioned earlier in Caliper. I thought uh, as long as it goes to a, a relatively, you know, just or even a good maiden, but a, a maiden would be nice and uh, it should be winning. It's got, I think, quite a good future. And in the last, it was hard to miss a really good run there, winning partner. And I think the McAvoys have set this horse for the Balaclava Cup in a couple of weeks. He won it last year and then he won the Murray Bridge Cup. I think he's right on song to do it again. And Munns? Uh, Ice Bath Dave, I thought she was very, very good. Uh, in the show county, their affirm track is not her absolute best, but she gave three and a half kilos to Private Eye. She gave four kilos to Embracer, sat three and four wide for the entire, and had the audacity to still stick her head out. And a horse that's getting the honour of being my horse to follow the three runs, the last three runs it's had in Sydney, uh, La Grisa. Uh, it is desperate to win the right race. It had eight weeks off before Saturday. It ran last, but that was in a mile race. Uh, its two previous runs in Sydney were 1800s. It drew the outside both times and was very, very good. And her run was just as good on Saturday. When she finds the right race, she is going to be extremely hard to beat. Beautiful. We'll get them uh, up on the socials for Sky Racing later today. Uh, fellas, that's been Punters Postmortem. Duff, just before we go, because there have been a stack of texts late, I think there might be the ownership group here saying, G'day, guys. Did you see a horse yesterday at Nowra that Maddie Smith trained called Way to the Stars? Uh, it was impressive. Did you see it at all, Duff? Yeah, I did. No. Um, very exciting for connections there. Uh, won a couple of trials going into that race and um, did a good job. Um, so promising type tough time to be up at this time of year but um, maddie will place the horse right and they're gonna have a lot of fun fantastic gentlemen have a safe week uh right across all the different parts of oz where you are and look forward to backing plenty of winners thanks gents thanks dave see you guys